Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We're honored that you're here, and we pray that you find this message both encouraging and inspiring. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. I am Pastor Brandon. This is Pastor Cole. Good morning. And uh, here we are yet again recording another podcast. I know I say that almost every week. It's just kind of a force of habit at this point. He has a problem. Um, I really got to start workshopping different intros of what I can say after hello. Um, YouTube probably has a few examples. YouTube probably does. I can probably just jump on there and figure something out. Um, I, we hope that you guys have all had a great week thus far. And uh, we kind of want to jump into a fun topic. But beforehand, happy belated uh, Father's Day there, uh, Pastor Cole. Thank you, Brandon. Had a, had a grand old time here at Hope Unlimited on Father's Day. and We did. We did. But, yeah. So anything anything exciting at the small group last night? I say me and my wife went down for a nap and did not see the light of day till the far too late. Uh no, it's just we have community group on Sunday night at our house and just a lot of people come over and eat good food and yeah. we hang out. Grand old time. I heard it was crack casserole night last night. It was. So it was plenty of delicious casseroles. I had some pineapple casserole and um, it's super good. And, uh, there were all different, other different types of casseroles. So many, so many different options for casseroles. Yeah. Let us know down below what your favorite casserole is. God. Anyways, today we're going to be talking about, um, a bit of a, I don't want to say, I'll just call it is. Yeah. It, it's a bit of an awkward, uh, topic to talk about in some circles and then, you know, it really depends on how it's talked about, but that is spiritual mm-hmm. authority. Yeah. Um, which we both believe is an important thing to talk about, um, the healthy things of it, the unhealthy parts of it. Um, and we just want to jump into that a little bit today and give our thoughts, opinions. I want to pick your brain about it and yeah. we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, let's do it. Wait, uh, first off, does spiritual authority actually matter? Yes. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Short answer, yes. Um, I'll elaborate on that a little bit. So our authority is, it, it has been established. Right. Right. The authority of the church has been established. Um, Paul actually writes this, and this is the evangelical hot-button verse for preaching about spiritual fathers, spiritual authority, Whatever. You have many instructors, but you have not many fathers. Right. Right. Paul is not talking about you're going to have a few people in your life that are fatherly. Right. And a lot of people in your life that teach you. Right. What he is saying is that there are few fathers of this faith. Right. And the rest of us are instructors. Right. So, like, for instance, we are not fathers of the faith. You do not have a father of the faith that is alive today. Right, yeah. Like, you have an instructor of the fathers of the faith. Sure, yeah, yeah. And so, in the ways of the fathers of the faith. So, like, the we believe that the fathers of our faith got their ways of life from Jesus. Right. And we examine the ways of Jesus, and then we hear them talk about that, and then we follow in their way, in their path, right? So, like, at the fathers of our faith 
our authority, like spiritual authority, and I'm going to talk about what everyone typically talks about as spiritual yeah. authority in a second, but I just want to clarify this really quick. We are connected to the early church, like through the fathers of our faith, right? That's where our authority comes from. Right. And that's what spiritual authority, I think, is. Like, this is why the this is why the quadrilateral wow, the quadrilateral that was taught and still is taught in some uh, liturgical traditions today, so important. It's the the episcopacy, mm-hmm. right? The scriptures, the sacraments, and the creeds. Right. Like those four things, we believe those things are the authority in which we kind of move our church by. Right, yeah. And so within that, I think it's very important that we do note that the episcopacy is in there. Right. And you may not be ordained as a a bishop, a um, priest, or a deacon, but a lot of times you play that role or someone plays that sure. role in yeah. your life. And so I think a lot of times what we see is that we always take the big five. Right. Pastor, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Sorry, apostle, prophet, yep. evangelist, pastor, teacher. And we say the apostle is... <clears throat> like the head. The head. Yeah. The prophet then kind of hears from God and the apostle judges it. Right. And then the pastor or the evangelist just kind of comes in to say what the apostles and the prophets in your congregation have been saying. And right. then the pastor just kind of like picks he, up the pieces of the evangelist. Yeah, he like he picks up. Well, no, 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 no. He picks up the pieces of all yeah, of them. That's true. Yeah. And then the teacher, like, maybe you get a shot to say something every now and then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so, like, what we do though is we say those five, those that, th- those people are in positions of authority, and it's very clear in the New Testament. Those are not positions of authority. Right. Yeah. Right. Those are those are let me let me actually backtrack and say something. Those are not within the episcopacy. Those are gifts that right. are given to the church. Right. Do they have authority inside churches? Yes. Because of the nature of what they're gifted. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so like me here, I'm the lead pastor here. I, the way that our church is structured, I have like to be honest with you, the way that our church is structured I have the final say in day-to-day activity here. Right. Right. Um, but the the we have all sorts of different structure around me. Right. right? Yeah. So I have five overseers and then I have a financial board that I consult with in-house to make sure that nothing goes awry. Right. And then I'm also uh, you know, responsible for letting the finance or letting the uh Board of Overseers know how the finances yeah. of the church are doing. So it's not like that I just have free free reign, free or, reign whatever, yeah. or whatever. It's it's not either. But um I think just to a baseline, is spiritual authority important? Yes. Right. Why is it important? Because it connect like the way that you should be viewing authority is a connection to the early church, which is a connection to Jesus. Right. And that should be where you're talking about. Authority. Everybody is wanting a. They want a. They want a spiritual father. Right. They want someone in their life to tell them 
what, what to, to do. do. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we have that and we've had that and we will continue to have that for the, the until rest Jesus comes until back. Jesus comes back. Yeah. And it's found within the first few centuries of the church. Yeah. So, and I mean, that, honestly, I think that answer kind of leads very well into the next question of how has spiritual authority gone wrong? Oh, God. Well, I think, well, there's about 7,000 ways that just comes to the top of my head of how spiritual authority has gone wrong. Let me say this. Younger people, you need older people in your life. Yeah. You need people with more life experience than you. You need people to guide you. You need people to lead you. You need to ask questions to people. You need people in your life that have been to places where you've never been right. before, and you need to listen to them. What you don't need, please hear me when I say this, what you don't need in your life is someone who says, I want to be your mentor. Yeah. I want to be your father. I want to be your mother. And if I can just be honest with you, spiritual mothers are just as bad as fathers. Yeah. I want to be this for you. I want to do this for you. Whatever. If you have someone approach you saying, I want to be your father, I would prayerfully, <laughs> Brandon says run, I would prayerfully take that to God First of all, it's a little weird. Yeah. If we can just be honest. Second of all, I would prayerfully take that to God and see if that's right. Right. Because there are sometimes in your life you have a relationship with someone that needs to be a little deeper than it is right now. Sure. I think that naturally happens. Yeah. Um, I don't think that you have to go up and say, I am your father or I am not your father. Right. Uh because that's where things start getting weird. Yeah. Um, and things start getting... Jesus then wild. goes to the disciples and was like, I'm going to be your spiritual father now. Yeah. He just offered <laughs> yeah. for them to follow his lifestyle. Yeah, come, come follow me like, and see where this goes. Yeah. Um, so, but I think where spiritual authority has gone wrong is we... Well, first of all, there's a book out there called You Have Not Many Fathers. Mm -hmm. And then there's another book called Tale of Three Kings that a whole generation of pastors and leaders handed out in good faith. Right. And they wanted to be good intentions. Good intentions. And it turned into a a book that promoted this weird type of you got to tithe to me to be connected to me. Right. You've got to you, I mean, like this weird stuff where, like, like for instance, one time, uh, I I was kind of in a culture like this at one point. Like, I got I got a text asking why I walked across the street to go to Subway. I mean, I was nineteen. I wanted a five dollar foot long. Yeah, I, like, I wanted a steak sandwich. <laughs> yeah, don't know what to tell you. You never had the meatball marinara? Yeah, like, yeah. I'll it's grab like, one while I'm over here. Like literally, literally, I'm not joking when I say this. Like, I walked from. Like, if there's any golfers on here, like, just just say, like, the length of three football fields. Okay, yeah. Like, the length of three football fields. I'll, I walked 300 yards to get a sandwich and turned back around and walked across, and it was like, you got to check in with us. And it's like, for what? <laughs> like, am I allowed to get mustard today? Or <laughs> right, right. Do I have to get 
do I have to get some sort of mayo? Yeah. Like, yeah. I hate mayonnaise. Wouldn't have got it anyway, but. Um, it's the principle. It's just the principle. Spiritual authority goes wrong, I think, in, in so many ways when there is a, when there's an overemphasis of it. Yeah. Like, if you're in a culture that overemphasizes you need authority to have a good life, Probably a bit more going on behind the scenes than you than you care to know. Let me let me translate this for you. I, whoever a leader is who constantly preaches, you need authority to have a good life, is so insecure. Yeah, that they need a relationship that they can have a little bit of power in so right. that they can feel significant about themselves. It, they're, they're seeking a level of codependency that is so unhealthy. They want and, you to be dependent on them to make, you, to make your decisions for you, but they need that authority in your life to feel significant. And if I can be honest with you, it's like when people get like all up in arms about this, and I used to be the world's worst about this because I was uh, – I have been – I won't say hurt is not the right word, but I've been treated very poorly sure. in those cultures. I don't like to use the word hurt, but that would be an appropriate word if sure, I wanted yeah. to use it. But I've had friends who were just flat out harmed. Yeah. Like they were hurt, harmed. Like what happened to them was wrong. Right. And it was all in the name of you need a mentor, you need a spiritual father, you need spiritual authority in your life. Right. It was never in the name and and by the way if you're in a if you're in a culture where the authority is n- they never apologize or they're never wrong or they never give you the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. probably got some stuff going on now i'm yeah. not talking about please hear me when i say i am not talking about you have a complaint that is not a legitimate complaint and you go to the pastor and he doesn't tell you sorry right right that's that's not the same thing right or like I had someone one time, they were like, you are going to apologize for this. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just like, obviously, Brandon has known me for some time now. Just, and, just a couple minutes. And if you, wanted to, if you wanted to effectively not get me to do something, there... Just tell me that I am going to do this. The easiest way to guarantee that Pastor Cole is not going to do something is for someone to say, hey, you're going to do this. Yeah, Especially when it's like, you're the pastor, so you have to do this. It's like, I don't. <laughs> By definition, I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> and so, um, but I do think spiritual authority goes crazy wrong when people get codependent. Yeah. And... Now, do you, I kind of like a side question here. Do you think because you brought up the quadrilateral, the quadrilateral, mm-hmm. um, in the previous question, yeah. and you know, you say it's used in more liturgical style churches and whatnot. Do you think that spiritual authority has also gone wrong because a lot of churches do have that, mm-hmm. but not the one that was established by the early church? Yeah. A lot of churches so, have their episcopacy, yeah, yeah, but they don't call it that. Yeah. They have their scripture, they have their creeds, even if they're not the apostles of the Nicene. Well, the problem um, is, is that they're not the apostles in the Nazi. right, and they have their sacraments, but <laughs> they're not, you know, they're not sacramental. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like they have all of those elements in their own way, but they're not actually established by the church. Right. I think that's where that's where. So, Pastor Casey, Pastor Casey Dawes has several things out there 
on uh, I think he, I think on his Substack yeah. it's called Tables to Altars. Yeah. I'll try to put that in the description for everybody and, to link to that. And it's like he has like four blogs on church business. Yeah. Fantastic. You should go and read that because it talks about our we want God to be doing a new thing. Right. And we want to invent a new way of doing things. Right. And we want to figure out how to do something new and hip and cool and whatever. And even let me let me just say this too. Like even if you're if you're doing church the way that they did it fifty years ago and it's not connected to the early church in the way that they did church, I I would say you probably have some sort of thing going on. Like for instance, like here at this church, like I am a part of the Diocese of St. Anthony. Right. Like I'm an obligate in the obligate obligate. I'm an I'm not even gonna try to you. I'm not even gonna try to say it anymore. <laughs> I'm just a member of that diocese. I can't even I'm not even gonna try to say it. But uh, I submit to a, like, we have a bishop. Yeah. We have priests. We have deacons. Um, I have elements of the Eucharist consecrated by priests, right? Like, all of that stuff. Right. Like, we, we do all of that. Why? Because this is our faith. Right. This is the faith that has been handed to us. It is not this new hip type thing that we do. Right. Right. And it's not saying that you can't take communion if it's not consecrated, but I I definitely want to follow the traditions of our faith. Yeah. We, do it. we always try to create something new and do something awesome. And if like again, if we just stuck to our faith tradition, I think we'd be all right. No, oh, yeah. Absolutely. We like hardly the pastor is not even really relevant anymore. Right. The true pastor, the carer for souls, right. is not even really relevant anymore. Um, you need to be more of a CEO who can preach. Right. And that's not what church is. Yeah. I actually had a conversation with a church planning organization that wanted us to continue to give into their organization a few weeks ago. And they were asking me, why aren't you going to continue to give in this, this thing? It's like, I don't feel like that I'm a pastor. Yeah. Right? Um. I feel like that I'm a CEO who just preaches. I feel like that I'm supposed to be a businessman. To follow their structure. To follow their yeah. structure. Yeah. And it's like, no, what God has called me to be is a carer of souls. Right. A shepherd. A a person who forms people uh, through the preaching and the teaching of the word. And I don't believe that these people don't do that. Yeah, absolutely. But I believe the additional stuff that they have to do um, to be relevant inside of that organization, I believe it's harmful to the soul. Yeah, yeah. And and whether pastors want to admit it, like people probably be like, oh, well, like he's probably just not a high performer. Like he probably can't do this, and this is the reason why. It's like, which is exactly the problem. Is if your is, brain like, goes yeah, yeah. to that, it's like that's the problem. And it's like also, I would like, I would love to bet with you uh, if I'm a high performer or not. Right. Like yeah. I would, I would love for you to, I would love for us to see, um. Who can go the longest and who gets tired first? <laughs> right, yeah. So. Um, now, kind of getting back to the idea of spiritual authority and what it looks like, um, you know, we've kind of talked about where it's went wrong. Now, on the flip side of that is also honoring spiritual authority. Yeah. Now, what does healthy honor look like? So, for instance, I believe this is so good. 
one of the things is like in we, we see this in the New Testament. Give back in all good things mm-hmm. to the household of faith and to those who teach you, right? Um, I believe sharing all of the good things in your life with the people that teach you, mm. that guide you, that lead you is honor. Right. Under no circumstance, under no circumstance, have we ever here sent someone away that has come and poured into our house with some weak $200 offer. Right. Right. And I, and I, and like, I don't mean that to be, if $200 is all you can do, that's all you can do. Right. But the reason why we don't do that is because we can do more. Right. Number one. And then number two, not only can we do more, but I believe that you honor people in what you give them when they are among you. Yeah. And so, let me say this. The reason that we try to treat people so well when we bring them here is because they never once ask for it. Right. They are here because they love us. Yep. They're not here because we're going to write them a big offering check or whatever. And let me say this. Our people are very generous. Yeah. Like, this is not like me saying we always take up an, an offering for special guests. Right. Here, right. And I always take them to good restaurants here. Right. Right. I, I'm not taking them to something that they can get where they're at. Right. I want to give them, honest to God, like I want to share the good things that our city has to offer. Right. Yeah. Like, honest to God, that's – and so – and I want to sow into their ministry. I want to sow into their life because I'll be honest with you, for too long, and I've been on the receiving end of this, and I, I would never ask for a – I don't ask for a dime right. when I go to preach or speak or whatever. Like, I've had people ask me a thousand times, what's your booking fee? I literally don't have one. Yeah. I will never have one. Um, And th- th- now, d- depends on if I can come or not. Sure, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I have to – I'm a pastor of a church, and I, but – I'm not sending them away with not being generous right. when they come into this church. And then also, I want to treat them like with the utmost respect and honor while they're here. Yeah. And then, on a regular basis, I want to stay in connection with them. Right. Like, nobody comes and preaches at this church that I'm not in relationship with. Yeah, it's just not a one-off person walking yeah. in the door. Let me also say this. Like, let me just, like, like put a pause here. And maybe the people are listening who do this. If I don't know you, do not message me asking me if you can come preach here. You can't. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean, like, message me to ask him. Yeah. And it's like. I understand. Like, I've had someone, like, tell me before, like, it would be such a privilege for me to come preach at your church where some of my heroes of faith have stood. And I'm like, I appreciate that, (laughs) but how about let's go to dinner first? Yeah. And, like, um, how about let's form a relationship first? But I like to treat people well um, in my own life. Yeah. The way that I honor people is that number one, I always like if they're if they're writing a book, 
if they are pushing content out on social media, if they're doing anything, I want people to read it. I yeah. want people to be connected to them. I share my relationship. Like, so, like there's a weird thing in the spiritual son, spiritual father culture where it's like there is only a group of people who are allowed access to this particular right. person. It's like, no, I share. If I have relationships, I want the people around me to have relationships. I want them to yeah. know the people around me. And so I think it's very important that when we honor people, it's not just – Especially when people are teaching us, when people are leading us, when people like give them gifts. Yeah. Like give them like people are like, oh, that just seems kinda seems kinda weird. It's like it's literally not. Right. It's literally in the New Testament. Right. Share in all good things. Yeah. And so like if that's money, whatever that is. I remember uh Pastor Casey came here uh probably been a year or so ago now, and I felt the Lord tell me to buy him a particular type of pen. Sure. Very expensive. Yep. Yep. Like, it's a very expensive pen. And why? Because I felt like I needed to let him know that his words had marked us. Right, yeah. And uh, I got him that pen, whatever. Super nice pen. It was a nice pen. Um, but in, in all of that, I say, like, hey, like, the people in your life, like who teach you, who you glean from, who you talk to on a regular basis, figure out unique ways to honor them. Right. Find out what they like. Right. Right. I remember one time uh, Pastor Robert Gay was coming through town, and he was just like, hey, Cole. And this is what you can do when you're in relationship with people. He was like, hey, Cole, I'm coming through. It's going to be on Wednesday night. I know you have a Wednesday night service. I will come and minister, and I just want to bless your church. Yep. And I was just like, Fantastic. Like, I don't know how yeah. many people is going to be here. There's probably going to be 12, 15 people here, but I do want you to come teach, whatever. Um, and he was like, I will not receive an offering. This was kind of one of the things. That yeah. He's like, I will not receive an offering. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then so so what I did is, is I know, like, Pastor Robert is a, like, he's. Fiend. Yeah. Like, for Reese's Cups. Yeah. And, yeah, that. And then also, the uh, he loves to go on cruises. Right? Yeah. Like, He's been he's actually cruised on like one particular cruise line for two years. Genuinely, it is impressive to me. Like for two years. And it's like that's I love that. I yeah. think it's fantastic. So I was like, I'm gonna send him a gift card for like a cruise. So yeah. we just sent him a gift card for a cruise. And it's like he would not take an offering, but I know that this is meaningful to him. I right. know he likes to do this, so we're gonna send him this. Right. And and I think too that's why, you know, getting the other parts of this in line is important because yes. Healthy honor, like, and we try to avoid those kind of, like, Christianese, like, terms, especially on the podcast. But it's, like, it really does, like, unlock something different in you when you honor the leaders that are in your life. Like, there's, there is just a truth to that whenever, you know, honor the prophet, receive the prophet's reward. Like, you know, share in all good things. That goes both directions. Like, and it's, like, let me, let me say this. It's also, you think about it like this. If you decide you are going to honor and respect someone, their words become more weighty. Yeah, they do. And, and they're I, more impactful because you've now invested into those yeah. words. And, and, and the people that you choose not to honor, I hate the fake honor stuff. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, we honor you. It's like, we'll see. Yep. Like, we'll see. And... 
I've had people do that to me before. It's like, man, we just honor you so much. And it's like, I, like, you don't even know me. Yeah. Like, um, I appreciate that, but it's like, I want you to have, like, when someone talks about honoring me, I think it's my responsibility to get close enough to them yeah. so that they can see the real me right. so they can make a decision if they actually want to honor me. Right. And so, like, I'm not talking about, like, I just get on stage, preach, come off stage, like, man, we honor you so much. I was like, no, I want to go to dinner yep. and talk about things with you that you're interested in, that I'm interested in, so that maybe you can decide if you actually want to honor right. me or not. And I'm not saying that we live lives that are one way on stage and one way off stage. But, but what, you can't know someone by listening to only them speak for yeah. 30, 40 minutes right. once a week. Unless it's just like they just get up there and share their life story every week. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, this is what happened to me this week. And here we go. <laughs> but I think I think you have to figure out how to honor people and respect people in your life who are teaching you on a regular basis. Yeah. Who are pouring into you on a regular basis who are creating spaces for you to encounter God. You have to figure out how to honor those people. I do not mean that you have to, like, you have to literally, like, give up your entire life for the sake yeah. of Yeah. That's not it. That's not it. So. Cool. Now, all right, so, talked about spiritual authority being important. It is a thing. It does matter. You know, we have acknowledged that it has gone wrong. We've talked about, you know, what we need to do on our end to honor our authority. Now, the question of the about half hour is, what does healthy spiritual authority look like? Yeah, so for instance, I have five overseers at this church. Not one of them has ever asked me to identify them as spiritual authority. Yeah. Not one of them has ever asked me to call them my spiritual father. Not one of them has ever, and two of them are my really close friends. Yeah. Um. Like, two of them are more my friends than I would consider them authority. Sure. And then I am in close relationship with the, with, so like our five board members here are Pastor Robert Gay. Yep. Casey Doss, Pastor Casey. Pastor Joshua Gay. Pastor Alex Gallion. Pastor Stanton Moore. I talk to Stanton probably three times a week. Sure. Talk to Alex probably once a week, once every two weeks. Talk to Pastor Casey and Josh literally every day yeah. in a group chat. And I probably talk to Pastor Robert once every two or three weeks. Yeah. And either either through text or whatever. Um, I would say more like a month or so. But those five people are the people who I think are in my life for very particular reasons. Now, am I closer with those with some of those than others? Yes. Yeah. Do I know their role? Yes. So, like, for instance, Pastor Casey and Pastor Josh are more like older brothers in my life who help me navigate things that I don't know how to navigate because I literally have not been there yet. Right, right, right. Pastor Robert would be more like a father figure sure. in my life. And then Alex and Stanton are like brothers that run alongside me. Right. Okay, here's the deal, though. They all are technically in a position of authority 
in my life, right? Why? Because I know how important it is to have people in different roles. Right. Like, um, in your life that you can trust. Let me tell you the hardest question that I've ever been asked Absolutely. In, in ministry. The hardest question that I've ever been asked was right after I became the pastor of this church. Or that it was, go like, Pastor Casey was telling me that I was going to be the pastor of this church. The hardest question that I've ever been asked. Cole, you got to find five people that you would trust with your life. Oh God, I'd still be, I'd still be trying to figure it out. <laughs> and I was like, you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> any suggestions? Uh, that was kind of how it was, and then I had to think about it for a long time because. Yeah. The people who you want in positions of authority in your life, those people need to be able to speak into areas that other people can't. Right. Um, and I think it's weird when people say that there's one man to speak into all of these areas. Right, yeah. It's like, I understand that. Yep. I really do. I understand that. But I believe in connecting to... Diversity of thought is always good. Yeah, and it's but it's but it's also like it's not like that all of these people don't know each other. Right. Yeah. Right. Like this is a family of people. Pastor Robert speaks into my life. I take his words literally and hang them. Like I literally like I, I listen to what he says. Yeah. Believe there's tons of wisdom. Pastor Casey, Pastor Josh, I do the same thing. Alex and Stanton, I do the same thing. Yeah. All of those, all of those people's words are meaningful to me, and not only are they meaningful, they're impactful and they help shape me. And so, when when people are like that, they need a spot in your world. Mm -hmm. And so, like, uh, sorry, I'm not. <laughs> but like healthy spiritual authority never looks like this one guy that you tithe to. Right. And they say all of the things that, like, they speak into everything. Like, one of the things that all of the people in my circle model are, they're all healthy financially. Yep. They're all, they all have healthy marriages. They all, the, the, the ones who have kids, they have great relationships with their kids. Yeah. And it's like, man, did I just go and find people who have the biggest ministry or whatever? It's like Pastor Roberts wrote some pretty, pretty big yeah, songs. Yeah. Uh, they have a pretty big church in Panama City. Pastor Casey has done a lot of good things in ministry with the ramp and mm -hmm. all of that good stuff. Alex pastors a church of eight hundred people, right in a town of like fourteen hundred, right? And it's like literally stupid. almost half the population. Yeah, it's yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Stanton leads a powerful church in in Tifton, Georgia. And it's like, what did I what what did I look at when I said, who do I want speaking into my life on a regular basis? Who do I want to give this authority to? I went and looked at their life, not their ministry. Right. And and you just you just said something there that I think is super important. Is you said, who do I want to give this authority to? Yeah. None of those people were looking to. Take authority. No. <laughs> and is, I think that is one of the, the key markers is, are you giving away the title of spiritual father or is someone placing that on themselves for you? Yeah, it's, it's, and it's like, 
And we have never used that language. No. Like, so, like, for instance, uh, Pastor Josh wrote a book actually on sonship about how you actually need spiritual authority in your life. Yeah. You need someone to speak into your life. Right. He wrote a book about it. And he's like, these people who are, like, obsessive with spiritual authority, like, if you notice this, there, there's only, I think there's only one or two people that I can, like, pinpoint that have, like, awesome relationships with their, their own natural kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, now that I think about it, there's three, right, that, that just emphasize that, that have great relationships with their natural kids. The rest of the time... They need spiritual sons and spiritual daughters for clout. Yeah. Like, it's like clout in circles. And it's like, um, you know, I, I know about three people who overemphasize that. Yeah. Who who um, have great relationships with their kids. And um, I'm not interested in building a ministry where I can't have a great relationship with my family. No. And so... Um, but anyways, I say I say all of that to say healthy spiritual authority looks like people speaking into your life, very specific people. Yeah, right. Um, and and like they like here's the thing, they all at times have advice that I need, and they all have words that have shaped me. It's not one guy, right? It's not. I'm not trying to get anyone's mantle. Yeah. Right? Like I'm not that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not I'm not honoring so that I can receive a mantle that they have someday. Right. right. Like that's not what I'm doing. What I will say though is is that all of their all of what God has placed in them is now shaping me. Yeah. What if I can be honest with you what happens when you only have one guy that shapes you is you become just like him. Yeah. You literally become a clone. Yeah. And um, I think it's important. I think it's like having authority in your life is important. Having people to say things in your life is important. But be sure that those people do not crave power. Yeah. Let me tell you a good, um, a good litmus test for this is that if they would be totally fine without you in their life but they choose to be in your life yeah right that's when you know that you have some sort of and i listen i'm not saying that they just don't have time for you i'm saying that if they never knew you they would be totally okay yeah but they picked to they chose to have a relationship with you yeah it wasn't like it wasn't like one day you were sitting in a in a room and a preacher said to another preacher, you're going to be my spiritual son. It's not that. No. It's literally like, I think a lot of times it's obviously ministers like get around people a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. Like we get around people a lot who are in ministry. Right. So it's very natural for us to gravitate towards those people. But like what what's like... Why do we make this about people who just operate in the fivefold ministry? I know tons of people who would be great at serving in this role in people's lives that 
never touch a microphone. Yeah, one hundred one hundred percent. Probably better. But, yeah, as I was say, probably better. But I'll say like the way that healthy spiritual authority works is that it's not demanded. Yeah. Um, honor is not demanded. Yeah. Um, and I, I found this in in environments where, where honor is not demanded, it's much more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it like honor is way more. Like it it you know when you're inside of a culture where honor's demanded. Yeah. You know when you're inside of a culture where honor's tense. It's tense. It's like you're trying to work your way up the ladder to get noticed yep. by whoever the lead guy it's that is. Business mentality. And it's like up. and it's like let me you may tell you what happens in, in environments where we only honor giftings, gifts are the only thing that's honored. Yep. People's people being human is not honored. Right. Right. One of the one of the biggest mistakes that I, not biggest mistakes. One of the things that I experienced because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> so like, yes, it was a mistake, but I don't necessarily blame myself for making it because I didn't know any better. One of the craziest things that I ever did in ministry was I was around people, and I didn't realize this till I got out of it. I was around people who valued gifts. Yeah. And so what happens in a culture where people value gifts? You are always trying to seem like you are the most gifted yeah. so that you can be approved of. It very quickly becomes a talent show. It's a talent show. That's exactly right. And the most gifted get the mic. It's just the fact of the matter. Yeah. It's just the people who are called to ministry. Right. And it's like... If and that's you, why we have so many moral failings. It's easy to be gifted and not have the character to back it up. Yeah. Like, gifting... Like, gifts are free. Yeah. You're born... Without repentance. You're born like, with those. Yep. Character's not. And yep. I think the biggest, like, regret that I have, it's not... I don't even know how to frame it as a regret or a mistake or whatever because I didn't sure. know what I was doing is that I... It was a lesson. It was a life lesson yes, for sure. The biggest lesson that I've ever learned is is when people start talking about gifts. What do I mean by gifts? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Those gifts that have been given to the church for the building up of the church mm-hmm. until, the, until the body is in full, full maturity. When people start talking about all those gifts and they start placing those gifts on you, they say you're an evangelist. You got a little prophetic edge to you. Yeah. You got a little teaching edge to you. You want to plant churches? You got a little apostolic. Right, right, yep. It's like when you are in a culture where people start identifying you as a gift, flee, run, find a new one. You are not a gift. You are a gift, but yeah. you are not your gift. Yeah, it's like yeah, <laughs> you when like you are. Let me let me say it like this: You are way more than a than just a gift. Yeah, yeah. Like, like and and to and to boil down your identity to a gifting is perverse. Yeah. And do me tell you this though? I don't even blame those people. No, they were doing exactly what they were taught. Yep, and it's like you can't you can't crucify those people. You just have to be compassionate and merciful and graceful towards. Yeah, because nothing's going to change if yeah. if we choose violence yeah. and you know 
And I could choose violence. We sure could. But I don't. Um, and by choose violence, I mean with my words. Correct. Like, I don't mean I'm going to go, like, beat them up. <laughs> like, like, it's like, it's like. We're talking about social media violence. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, you identified me by a gift. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, no. But no. I will say, I will say, in environments where, and this will be where we wrap it up. Yeah. In environments where there are a lot of gifted people, you need an emphasis on identity. Yeah. In an environment where there is an overemphasis on identity, then you need to talk about gifts a little bit. Yeah. You need to talk about those things. This is what I this is why I love Pastor Robert Gay. This is why I love Joshua Gay. They are so balanced. Yeah. They there is a balance to all of this. There is a there is never it feels like that there is never an overemphasis of anything. Right. If there's like an overemphasis of anything, it's like praising God. It's like okay, yeah. well why okay, well like that's a good thing to overemphasize. <laughs> right. But it's like as far as biblical teaching, they never get like out of whack on anything. It's just like here it is. Yeah. This is what the Bible teaches. And I think that is so important. Yeah. And you need balance within all of it. And and the problem is, is that we will say that even in these gifted environments, we need balance. Right? Well, this is this is the this is the this is the the language that I always heard. You need wisdom and you need your zeal. Yeah. <laughs> like you need zeal and you need wisdom. And it's like, yes. But if you continue to overemphasize these prophetic, apostolic, evangelistic, pastoral, and teaching gifts, our maturity level is not at a point where we can handle being thrown on stages yeah. and saying, here is the mic. Right, and it definitely can't handle being told how gifted we are. Why? Because we don't know who we are yet. Right. I remember that I I swear to God, this is the this is the honest to God truth that I was told I was called to ministry before I was told I was a son of God. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, one same like. I was told I was called to ministry before, like, honestly, like the second week I ever attended church. Yeah. It's like, it's like this guy yells at football practice. He must be called to ministry. <laughs> it's like, dude, like, I remember, I mean, before I even started going to youth group at my home church, some, mm-hmm. some lady, when I first started going to church, you know, 12, 13 years old, I'm always like, I just feel the mantle of evangel on you, yeah. an evangelist on you. And I was like, I don't. Isn't and it? then three months later, I heard John three sixteen for the first time. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, we're a bit out of order here. Like, it's like it's very funny. It's like I was told one time that I had like a miniature mantle of Steve Hill, and my first question was like, "Who's Steve Hill?" Right. Like, like, <laughs> right. like, who's Steve Hill? Also, why is it miniature? Wouldn't yeah. it just be my size? Yeah. It's like no, no, no. It's because Steve Hill had many mantles that were oh, being passed out, okay. which is like I don't I mean whatever. Sure. Like, but it was like I knew more about mantles, giftings, callings, anointings, anointing oil, like sending handkerchiefs yeah. to be prayed over, all of that good stuff. I knew all about that before I ever knew who I was in God. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Thank God. Let me let me just give this guy a shout out. Thank God 
that I actually met a guy, his name's Trey Myers, mm-hmm. who took me under his wing and told me who I was. Yeah. And really made me forget about what it meant to be in ministry. Yeah. I was so caught up in the fact that I was God's son yeah. and that he loved me deeply that I could give two craps less about preaching. I, mean, I think I, 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 I think I brought this up on the podcast last week or the week beforehand, but I mean, like, I was so wrapped up in my giftings that I needed a literal word from the Lord. <laughs> yeah. That you need to focus on being a son. Yeah. Like, because we, it's so easy to get wrapped up in those giftings. Yeah. And so. Any environment that where authority starts identifying you by a gift, yep. there's two things that they're trying to do. They're either going to always make you feel like that your gift is not enough or they're going to pimp your gift out. Yep. And say, or they're going to wear you like a little trophy. Yep. It's like, look at how gifted our sons are. Or, or you know, on the flip side of, of you know, pimping gift out is they get uh, possessive of your gifting. Yes, they get. That is what I experienced. So, like, so they will get, they will get overly possessive. So like if any church calls you, they have to go through them. Yep. And if and if you go and preach at any church, you go and teach at any conference, you go do anything. If they did not go through whoever your authority is, then they're out of order. Yep. And it's like I don't know what the deal is about me just getting a phone call and, and coming to ask you, like, hey, do you mind if I go preach here on this day? Right. I would also recommend that. Also, yeah. like this is this is something I would recommend if you're on a church staff somewhere, like. Be sure that you're on a healthy church staff before you do this. If you get a call to go lead worship, preach, do whatever, go to your pastor and be like, hey, I got invited to go speak here on this day. Will this interfere with anything that we're doing at the church? Or should I just try to reschedule a different right. day? Or is this a good move from you know me? Yes. Like if you're in a healthy environment, you know me. Yes. Is this a good opportunity for me to walk through? Like, like one time, I'll be honest with you. One time there was a um, group of people in my life like that. They kind of did all those things that I just talked about in some ways. Yeah. But one of the best, like I got invited to go preach at a church, a Christ church. And they were like, Cole, you don't need to do this. <laughs> and I was like, it was like, you're right. I don't. No, no, do, I, yeah. I don't. Do we believe nothing the same. Right. Um, and so, but I will say, um, yeah, like you're more than your gifting. Yeah. Spiritual authority is important. It's meant to protect you. Yeah. In healthy ways. In healthy ways. It's not. It will it's not, not meant to control or to own you. This is the best description of unhealthy spiritual authority that I've ever heard. I I heard someone talk about this one time, and they were like, and they were talking to me about a problem that they were having, and they said this. They said, be careful, because once they sink their claws into you, they will not let go. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds unhealthy. <laughs> we're not going to be doing that. <laughs> Ookie. Yeah, it was, like, it was like, I was 18, 19 years old. I was like, hmm. I was like, ah. <laughs> like, my parents don't even have Don't like cl- the look of that. I don't like the look of that. I don't like the look of that. And. And I remember when they said that, I just remember it from that moment on, I was like, I'm not going to experience that pain. Yeah. I'm done. Yep. So. Dude, you're about to say, like, you're like, my parents don't even have that kind of, yeah. like, grip on me. It's yeah. like, same. Like, and I think, too, like, for me, that's why it's been easy to avoid unhealthy spiritual things. So I'm like, 
No, I don't need you to be my spiritual father. Like, yeah. my dad doesn't even act like this. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. yeah. But uh, other than that, I mean, any final thoughts? We've kind of gone a little bit over what we usually do on the podcast, but I think this is an important topic to kind of yeah. touch yeah. on. And I just think the, the what I would actually tell people is get in a church with healthy leadership yeah. that have healthy views of authority. Like, I believe in authority. Yeah, it's important. Um. I believe that being connected to our early church helps me navigate what it looks like to have power and authority. Right. Um, get connected to a church where authority authority is healthy, where the pastor just doesn't let people run through your congregation and do whatever they want. Yep. Um, get connected to a church that I would say that has your best interest in mind, that wants what's best for you and your family, not wants, not... They want what's best for you and your family more than they want what's best for the ministry. Yeah. Um, and get plugged into an environment where you can have healthy conversations with people who are in authority um, and just tell them how you're doing, tell them how you're feeling, tell them what you're walking through with God, tell them what you're hearing from God. Yeah. Ask them, do you feel anything on this? Like, get in an environment like that. The Christian the Christian walk is a communal one. It's communal. Yep. And spiritual authority is just inviting someone in to help guide that walk in a more communal way. Yes. So, but we love you guys. If you have any questions, make sure you drop them down in the comments below. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Share it everywhere you can. And uh, other than that, we will see you all next week. See you next week.